Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Amen. Good morning. Turn around and tell about two or three people near you this morning. Say, I'm really glad you're here. Would you do that? Would you tell about two or three people? <coughs> Come on, tell them. Say, I'm really glad you're here. And as you greet here in the room, I want to greet those at home. Oh, we're so glad you're tuned in as well. So excited to have you make yourself at home today in this service, no matter where you tune in at or here in the house. If this is your first time, we're super excited God sent you here today. Faith Renewed Family, let our first-time guests know you love them. Come on. There is a place for you here, amen. You may be like, is there? It's pretty full, amen. Yeah, there's a place for you. We'll make one. We'll do what we have to do because, man, we believe God's doing something special in this season, and we're just excited about what has taken place. And, again, so thankful that you're here. So many ways you can become a part of what he's doing here. Uh, download that Church Center app. It really is a great tool to keep you up and informed of what's happening, what's taking place. But, again, thank you for being here. If we haven't met you yet and it's your first time, please stop by Connect. We love to just get to know you a little bit better. So do that if you would. But this is something we do here. Our church family knows this. Uh, We go to the Bible every week. Amen. And so if you have your Bible, go with me to Acts chapter 1. Come on, Acts chapter 1. Amen. Anybody love the word? Yes. Amen. I do. I think it's amazing. Amen. Uh, as you turn there, if you forgot your Bibles, totally cool, man. We'll have the words on the screen for you, for you at home even. They'll be on the screen that you can follow along. But you can also use the Version Bible app. We use that here. It was created by a wonderful church, and um, we're just so thankful for that resource that has been made available. And so on the Version app, you can click more right there on the app, and then events, You'll actually see Faith Renewed Church there. I want you to save that, share that. You'll see the notes that I'm going to be speaking from, the passages that I'll be reading. Again, a great resource and great tool if you don't have the Version app. But Acts chapter 1, if you have it, say, I have it. <clears throat> Amen. I'm going to read lengthy, but it's the, I'm going to, I believe I want to finish this morning Acts chapter 1. And so I want to read, picking up in verse 12, and we'll read through the end of the, uh, the chapter. But in verse 12, it says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet. Anybody remember that last week? The Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem. It's a Sabbath day journey there. And, and when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. This is Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Huge. That's where we're going to be hanging out around that this morning, but I want to keep reading. But it was with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I was reading that, I thought it was really cool. Mary was there for the birth of Jesus, and she was also there for the birth of the church. 
Come on, she was there for the bride and the bridegroom when he was born. Amen. Come on, is that not, that's just so cool to think about that, man. But in verse 15, it says, And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120. And said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas. So again, no surprises in the kingdom. Who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. He's the one who betrayed him. Verse 17 says, For he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his entrails gushed out. Somebody say, that's nasty. It is, dude. That's nasty. <clears throat> but that's, that's in here. So uh, I, I don't want to skip it. But, uh, and it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem so that the field is called in their own language, a keldama, that is field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate and let no one live in it and let another take his office. This is important. That's another key f- phrase I want to look at this morning. Let another take his office. And therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. So beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness of his resurrection. And they proposed two. Joseph, called Barsabbath, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed, that's critical, and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas, by transgression, fell, that he might go to his own place, and they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. I think it's interesting. This is the last place we'll see a casting of lots in in the scriptures. I I believe from there further, the Holy Spirit will come and he gives those clear directions. But it is a kind of a kind of a neat way to put that into still the hand of God who was to take his place. I want us to pray and I want to hang out here this morning and and look at the, the final part of chapter one of Acts. But before we do that, would you pray with me? You mind doing that? Join me if you would. So, Father, we love you. We're so honored. God, we're so just humbled and blessed and just so thankful for all that you're doing at Faith Renew Church. And we just ask, Lord, today that you will continue to build. And I pray, Father, a uniting of this house unlike we have ever seen before. God, I pray, God, you will make us one and make us stronger than we have ever been in the entire existence of this ministry. God, I release that today, declare that today, and I believe it's going to be done in Jesus' holy name. Would you say it with me? Amen. Amen. I know you've been talking to your neighbor already, but I want you to say one more thing to him if you would. I want you to say this. I want you to say small groups are now live. That's what I want you to tell them. Come on, tell about three people. I love y'all. Y'all are so cool. Small groups are now live. What do I mean by that? All right. That means on the Church Center app, you will be able to find the, the current for the new semester coming up. You will be able to find the small groups that are available, and I encourage you to jump in, become a part of at least one small group. How many knows there's not a limit? 
there's different groups that meet at different times. It's okay to be an overachiever in the small groups category. Amen. And uh, jump in and be, be a part of many as you like. But again, I really feel like it's just a great way to grow together. Amen. How many of us we can grow big and just grow small as well at the same time and, and build community and become what we're going to be talking about today. And it's very important. We're talking about unity. But before we do that, we, I want to jump back into, we're in a, in a series in the book of Acts, and that's where we're hanging out at. We're going to be here for a little while. You'll see other passages throughout. But we've been hanging out in the book of Acts, and we're, I've entitled this, what I feel like God put on my heart, is to entitle this series, The Acts of the Church. And how, how, if you read that, you may see your heading of, in your Bible may say the Acts of the Apostles. But we believe what God started then, he is wanting to continue now. Amen. How many knows there's no end to what God started in the book of Acts? Amen. And so we want to just keep walking that out every day and just continue to move in that. So we have been, over the last four weeks, we've been looking at several different promises that God gave to the church. And um, last week, we talked about the ascension of Jesus. And I'm telling you, man, I, I'm excited about that, that's what we saw there again, that Christ showed us when he ascended to heaven that his work here on earth was complete. Amen. He accomplished everything he came to do. Amen. He also showed us this. He also showed us that he went to heaven to prepare a place for us. And so again, I'm excited. And finally, we saw that he's going to come again. And what we've been seeing in this, there are promises that he has given the church. Now, the day's title is this, it's unity in prayer. And so as we look today at this message, it's a little bit different flow than sometimes I go as the Lord, I kind of feel like leads me. It's typical, not unusual to maybe have three thoughts around the sermon. Again, my mind can't handle much more than that, you know? So, uh, so I usually kind of look at maybe three thoughts, sometimes more or less, but three things that kind of stand out in the passage that we read. Now, it's different today. If you've already opened up version, you already see this. I, I'm not going to share these three points, these three thoughts today at three different times. Look at Jeff. What's he talking about? Amen. What is he saying? All right, this is what I'm saying. I want to give you all three of these thoughts right now. And if you have your U version, you can follow along or you can look at the screen. I want to give you today these three thoughts today that I feel like these were the things that separated the early church. And these are the things that sparked and started the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And these are things that began there that we need to continue now. And the first one is this, that there that we see the power of unity, the power of of unity. Amen. So if you're writing it down, number one, the power of unity. Number two is the need for prayer. The need for prayer. And number three, it is the importance of all. I'm talking to you. Like every one of you, like the one who showed up for the first time, like who this may be like, man, I just came because my friend wouldn't shut up and they wouldn't leave me alone. But I'm, I'm talking to you as well. The importance of us all. Now, I'm giving you these three points because I felt like as I was studying, as I was preparing, I was unable to separate them. 
What do you mean? Like, what do you say? I was unable to separate these three things. I, I feel like as I was preparing, they just all work together. These are the things that we see in the book of Acts chapter one, that God is doing something through this group of people and it releases something. It releases what we have seen over the last few weeks in our study. It releases the promise now, we have witnessed over these, these last past few weeks that there are promises that God wants to give to his kids. Amen? How many knows, man, a good parent wants to get good things to his kids? And he releases to, to us and to the church there different promises. Now, this is important. Now, it's, it's important because what we see here, what they do between the promise and the prize. Between the promise and the provision, what do we do between the promises? I don't believe today God just has one promise for your life. I don't. I don't believe there's just one thing he wants to do in you. I believe he, he will declare things into you. He will give you a promise, and then you do things that will activate that, and then this is what he wants to do, give you another promise. That's his goal. That's what he wants to do. Now, this is what I, I see here. Now, they do something. They end up doing something that I'm not a big fan of doing, and they find themselves waiting. Who just loves to wait? Oh, it's a joy. <laughs> nobody. We're unified this morning already. We're unified already. That nobody just enjoys waiting. Like I believe it has, you know, with mobile devices, maybe gotten a little easier to sit around and wait. A lot of times you're doing the same thing while you're waiting that you're doing while you get to wherever you go. You just scroll it around. But I remember, like before all of this stuff, I remember like when my kids were real young. Like having to take them to the doctor, for instance. Something was going on, and you have to take them to the doctor. Now, this is what happens. Now, I know there has to be systems in play, and I know anytime there are people involved in those systems, things can get out of place. So I'm, I'm just I'm not angry, all right? But I, I just know that there are things that can happen. But also know this. Like if you set an appointment... Don't you think it's important that they try to? And again, I know if it's somebody like working in the medical field, we're not jumping on you. We love you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your service. We need you. But, but it is important. Like, I'll do whatever I have to do to try to get there. Like, it was a 9 o'clock appointment, and at 8.59 and 30 seconds, I was sliding into the parking lot with my kids to make it by 9 o'clock, grabbing them out of the car seat. Yeah, I know. Grabbing them out of the car seat, running in, and just saying, I made it. Please have a seat and go wait right over here. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Please just go, go wait for a few moments. And then you, you find yourself chasing the kids around the waiting room, doing all those things that you do. And then you're like, they call your name. Rogers. And you grab them up you, and you walk in and then they say, please have a seat right here. Wait. I know what happens, and I know there's a lot of things going on to kind of make up that, but it's, it's not fun. How, how many enjoy, like, if you're going to a restaurant that actually accepts reservations, and you make the reservation, and you get there on time for the reservation, and then it's a 6 p.m. dinner, and at 6 o'clock, you're there waiting, and you're smiling, and you think for one moment that you're going to get your table and sat up. Sorry. Come have a seat and wait right here. 
Now, um, have you ever been in those, those moments, like maybe it's a larger crowd and there's family involved and, and you're looking at each other and you're like, man, we, we, had an, we had a reservation. We were like ready. You're like, man, just can you bring me some crackers? All right, my kids are hungry. They're losing their mind. Can you, crackers, please. Your parents, you know what I'm talking about. But it, 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 then it happens. I'm going to go say something. Now, before my wife was saved, amen, before she came to the Lord and before she was sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, you, you know, I, when she was saying, I was like, nah, no, 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 she's, she's, she's good. She's all good. She's gotten better during the sanctification process. It's, it's an ongoing work in her life. Um, now, her mother, is another story, she's not saved, amen, and so she will, no, I'm just kidding, no, no. My mother-in-law was saved. But, but you know what I'm talking about. And you're like, man, I'm going to go say something. And you're like kind of sliding down in the chair. Waiting's not fun. But I want you to think about something. Waiting on the Lord is different. It's very different. And we have to see it as different. We, we don't do this with the Lord. We, we don't say, all right, you, you have this reservation. You have this. You're supposed to do something for me. And then sit back, complain, fold your arms, and wait, and look at the clock until he does it. Waiting on the Lord is different. What does it look like practically? I believe it looks like this. I believe waiting on the Lord should look more like the waiter at that restaurant and it looks like us sitting over in the corner complaining and waiting. What's the waiter do? What do the servers do? They serve. That's where the, the name of the waiter comes from. They're waiting on someone. So, like, how do we like, practically look at that and apply that to our life? What does it look like? It means we do this. It means, like, we're going as we wait. We're waiting upon the Lord. We're serving. We're saying, God, what can I do for you? And, and we're also doing this. We're listening to him as a good waiter would do and, say, and, and do this. Would you please bring me this? Maybe the promise hasn't come yet because he's still waiting on us to wait on him. To say, God, what are you asking of me right now? What, what do you need from me? Now, this is what I've, I believe I, I, I see in Scripture. Like, as we wait, one of the most beautiful ways that we see that they did this in Scripture, they waited upon the Lord, and they did it like this. They became united. They became one. They became one in prayer. They became united. Now, it's amazing, the timing of this message. Like, I was like, as I was preparing this week, I was thinking, I was like, Man, this is like, literally like, I believe like the most perfect, perfect time that this message could like come out. Like we just finished this week, our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Amen. And it was amazing. And it has been incredible that what we have seen God do already through that. But what I don't want us to do is say, now that's over. I get back to life as normal. Now, again, it may not be gathered in here at 6 a.m., amen? It, it may not be all of us in one room, but I love one of the posts that I saw the very following day that our 21 days ended. It op I opened up my, my social, and it says this, and it, at the top of their, their uh, comments or their post said this, day 22. 
Come on, amen. Day 22. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we're seeing here. In this, I'm talking about this ongoing work. And we're going to see this was an ongoing work here that they did. Now, we see something. It was 10 days between the ascension of Jesus. He's ascended to heaven because he's already come, given his life, died in our place for our sins. Amen. That's the greatest news we'll ever hear. Amen. That Christ died for us. Amen. For in our place for our sin. Amen. And he defeated the grave by resurrecting on the third day. Amen. That is the best news we'll ever hear. But then he ascends to heaven and then he's going to come again. Now, this is what we see after the ascension. It was 10 days and we're going to read it next week and we're going to see it. The promise of the Holy Spirit coming. But this is what I want us to think about this morning. As we're waiting on the Lord, sometimes it's, it's not 10 days. Amen. Sometimes it's 10 weeks. Oh, now I knew some of y'all going to look at me like that. And you're like, you should have went the other way, Pastor. Amen. But sometimes it's 10. Sometimes you know what it may be? 10 months. Oh, I know y'all mad. Y'all get madder as I speak right now. I can hear it. Feel it. Sometimes, I'm going to go ahead and say it, 10 years. But the promises of God are yes, and they're amen. And he is faithful to his promises. Now, there is good news because sometimes it's not 10 days. Sometimes it's 10 hours. Sometimes it's 10 seconds. Sometimes before you can even get it out of your mouth, the Holy Spirit will begin to move. I've seen God do things like immediately. Like, why do we like focus on times of prayer and praying for one another? Because we've seen the promises activated. We've seen the Spirit of God move in those moments and lives transform. For me, I was filled with the Holy Spirit at the age of 12, and I will never forget that day, I I began to walk toward the altar that day, and before I ever made it to the altar, before I ever got the words out to to, to pray, and any of those things, and anyone in that room to pray for me, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit as I was walking to the altar, amen? So again, just stepping out in obedience and just stepping into what God has, it radically changed your life, but we see it here is what we're called to do is wait as we wait on the prize we're to wait on the Lord now as we see this here this is what it looked like in scripture the Bible says they were one accord they were one accord now this is a that, those two words makes up one big Greek word it's, it's about 12 letters long So I'm not going to try to pronounce it, all right? And so, but I'm going to tell you, this is a word that is used 12 times in the New Testament. Very cool word, and you can can study it out. But this word used 12 times is used 10 of those times in the book of Acts alone. So he's saying this to us today. He is warning his church, that birth of that church, the continuation of the move of God. It will happen when we are in one with him. The definition of that big word is this, with one mind and with one passion. That's all I'm asking right now. And that's all he's asking for us. I don't want us to like get in our mind that it has to look a certain way. 
that it has to be a certain way. I think that can happen real easily, especially if you've been in a previous move of God, amen, that it has to look a certain way. You've got to remember, these guys in the book of Acts, there were no Pentecostal churches in existence yet, amen? There were no charismatic churches. There were no spirit-filled believers at this point of this time in history. They didn't know what it was going to look like, so they did this. God, we're just going to get together, and we're just going to get in one passion, one mind, and you said you would send a promise. We don't know what it's going to look like, but God, we want it. You know, I feel like that every Sunday when I walk into the doors of this church. God, I don't know what it's going to look like today, God, but if we can get together, if we can get in one mind and one vision and one passion, you'll come. Amen. And when you come, you'll save. When you come, you will heal. When you come, you will deliver and set free. It's what he does. Now, how did it happen? Unity in the body. What got them there? Scripture says this, they were united, and it happened because they were in prayer. Now, I, I'm, I see this, I, I see this in so over and over and over. When you pray, God answers, he moves. It's beautiful. What a beautiful, beautiful picture of what God can do in our lives. But I was thinking about the book of Acts, thinking about the promise of the fulfillment of God coming, and that was an answer to a prayer. Because understand, like one accord doesn't just happen. It takes prayer. And Jesus prayed that. It's really cool. Go with me, if you would, to the book of uh, John. And in chapter 17 of the book of John, we get to go inside the picture of like Jesus' heart for his, his body, his disciples and his church and the future of the church, us today. All right, we get to go inside this. This is the last recorded prayer that we see in Scripture that Jesus prays here for his disciples. Now, this is awesome. Like, think if you knew you were about to leave this earth, what would be your prayer? It would be some of those things that are most important to you. Like, it would, you wouldn't be asking for a new car, a new house, new, none of those things if you knew this was going to be your last time here. Jesus was leaving, and he, he said this. This was his heart. We get to go inside the heart of Jesus. He says in John chapter 17, verse 11, he says, Now I'm no longer in the world. He's preparing to leave. But keep these that are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me. And this was his prayer that they may be one as we are. Ain't that good? That's, what he, that's his greatest desire for his church, for his body today. And so he begins to pray that they will be unified. And when we're unified, it, it will do something. He says there, keep them. This is what will happen. This is a military word. Like, this is a wild, like heavy word, like keep them. Like he will guard over and he will protect those who are unified. Like when there is a, a body of believers, me and you, unified under one passion and one purpose, it puts a, a protection over our lives today from the enemy. Now, this is, this is critical that we see this. This is because this is why the enemy wants to cause division in the church. This is it. This is why. Now, like, so if you're like new here and you're thinking like, man, is there something going on and the pastor's trying to slide something in here during his message to address a situation that's happening? 
No, not one single bit. I can promise you that. There's not one. If you hang around here, you'll know if there's a situation, we'll come to you and we'll talk about it and we'll love each other and we'll get back to work. That's the, that's the Bible way. Amen. It's biblical. So I'm not up here trying to like address anything and put something out there, but I want you to see the importance of why it is that the enemy wants to divide the church and he will use anything. He'll use the Bible. I don't believe that. I don't read that. And say that. How do you get that out of that? He'll use all kinds of things to divide. He'll use a prayer gathering. He'll use a church service. Like, man, God's, like, we had to kind of like scoot in a little bit, make some room. There's still, still room, amen? Then, but just something like, man, the enemy will say stuff like, man, you go somewhere else where there's not, it's not as crowded. Do you understand he'll do that? He may have said that to some of you already. I want you to see what's happening. Again, not that, not that there's other places you can't worship Jesus at. But if God's put you here, if he's brought you into this house, he's wanting to make you one. <laughs> Man, he's wanting to put you together as one so he can release his promise over your life. And so, again, we see something so important in this place, the importance of coming together. Now, we got to drop down for sake of time, but jump in with me if you would. John chapter 17, verse 20. He's saying this, I do not pray for these alone, but for all those who believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. So not just these 12 guys, not just those disciples, but all of those who will hear the word that came from them and it continues on from there. This is what the prayer is. Father, that they are in me and I in you and that they may also be one in us. Why? that the world may believe that you sent me. Man, that's so cool. That the world may believe that you sent me. You know why some folks don't believe the gospel message that we're preaching? Because they're seeing a divided church. Capital C. They see so much division. Well, there's this denomination, there's that, and there's this, and there's that, and they see so much division. If this thing was real, but what will show them that this God we're talking about, that he said, they'll believe it then that you sent me, Father. They'll believe it when the church is united in one power, one passion, and in one purpose. Give God praise if you believe that's true. Amen? Come on. Yeah. <clears throat> I believe this is true today. And so he says this. He goes on. This just gets better, man. Jesus can bring it. He said in verse 22, he says this. He says, and the glory which you gave me. The glory which you have gave me. Which you gave it to me. I've given them. That they may be one just as we are one. That word glory is a shorter Greek word, so I can say that one. It's doxa. Amen. I know I got that one right. It's the word doxa. And it means this. It means the brightness 
or the absolute permanence of God. It's the glory and the brightness that can come. And if you're looking at a dark situation, get united with your brother or sister. If you, if you have, a, have struggles that you're seeing, if you're living in a workplace or working in a workplace and it's dark, like unite with other brothers, seek them out, find them, and begin to unite together as one and watch a light shine over that place. Watch the darkness be dispelled as we come together, the glory, glory of the Lord changes lives forever. And Jesus prayed it for his body. Now he goes on verse 23. He says this, I and them, you and me, that they may be made perfect in one. I think Jesus can get a prayer answered. If anybody can get one answer, it's Jesus. Amen. He can, he, this is possible. So this is saying, this is what's possible. That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved me as you have loved me, as loved them as you have loved me. We will see it later in the book of Acts. What oneness and united in the body looks like and how it will change the whole world. We need it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it in us. God, we're open to this. We want it, Father. But how does it happen? It happens through prayer. They were one accord in prayer. Now, it's important. Again, if, if you're like sick of hearing us talk about prayer, I'm sorry, man. I am, dude. But it's just like all in the Bible. It's all over it. And it's just so much there. And we have always made it like it's, it's such great importance here. I really believe that. But Angel and I were talking, and she said, like, why is God choosing now to do some of the things he's doing in our church? I you know, at first I was like, I don't know. I really, I just, he's awesome. That's usually my answer. If you wonder, like, that's my answer most of the time. Jesus is awesome. Hey, man, he's awesome, Rock. He's just so cool. But I, real, I, I realized something, and it was even in preparation for this. There are a couple of things like we really hold like, I mean, critical here. Like just it's such importance in this church. And and prayer has been, it's absolutely been a major part of that. And I'm thankful on that. It's always been a part from day one up until now. I'm I'm thankful for it. But I don't think we placed it in the place that it should have been in. I really don't. And, And again, I've repented of that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You're awesome. And, uh, and so let's do it. Man. Let's go after this thing. But we, we've always placed like really great emphasis on, on worship. And I believe it. I believe we have the greatest worship team in the history. Oh, man, if you love our worship team, would you t- it makes them feel good. I promise it'll make them feel better about things. <clears throat> yeah, it really does. And they're amazing. We've placed great emphasis on worship here. We've placed great emphasis on the word of God. You may not have the greatest preacher in the world, but you have this, you have someone who loves the book and who will get up here and will tell you more scripture than their opinion, all right? Because we've placed very, very great significance on the word of God here. But prayer is not just going to be one of the things that are a part of what we do here. It's being placed, I believe, where it should be, right with those things. Because why? It brings a unity of what should happen. I've seen it. I've watched God move, and it produces for us the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. 
Now, what kind of prayer am I talking about? The kind we see in Scripture. It says it was one accord in prayer and it was in supplication. So like, I want you to say it this way. Prayer is like praying, asking, listening, all those good things. But supplication is like dropping it in low <clears throat> and punching it. All right? Like supplication, it is fervent prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of righteous man avails much. This church, listen, didn't even know all that they were praying for, but the scripture says they were fervently asking God intensely that the presence of the Holy Spirit would come, that he would show up, that he would move in their life, that he would come onto the scene. And when they pray, he moves. Now, I want you to see something. I'm about to read something real quick. It's not in your notes, but I'll send it to you if you want this. But I went through, I put together a list in the book of Acts to where we see the significance of prayer. I think a lot of times we look at the significance of the miracles, and we're going to. I think we're going to look at the, the significance that while they were in one accord and in one place, the Holy Spirit descended like fire, and it came down and sit upon each of them. We're going to look at those things. But there were so many things in the book of Acts that happened, but it did not just happen. Acts chapter 1, praying for the promise, praying for, before choosing leaders. And again, it's more than I listed. I, I, it's, it's more than this, but I want you to see how this flows. Acts chapter 4, before they were praying after persecution. They were praying for boldness. Acts chapter 6, praying before choosing leaders again. Acts chapter 7, Stephen prayed as he was being stoned. Acts chapter 8, Peter prayed the Samaritans to receive the Holy Spirit. We look at the Holy Spirit happening, and it meant him showing up, and he will. But somebody prayed. Acts chapter 9, praying for signs and wonders. I've been praying, God, every day I'm praying, Lord, more signs, more wonders, more miracles. People are praying that. We're going to see more of that. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius prays and asks God to show him how to be saved. Don't you think about this? This is awesome. Like Cornelius is like praying, God, how do I how am I going to get saved? How does this stuff happen? And in Acts chapter 10, Peter prayed. And God answered and said, I want you to go answer Cornelius' prayer. You never know, man, how when you're praying, how God may use you to be the answer to someone else's prayer. Oh, this stuff's so good. Acts chapter 12, praying for the release of Peter from prison. 13, praying for setting aside the, before the first mission church planning team goes out. Acts 14, praying before setting aside new believers in the new church. Acts 16, praying in prison. Not when it's all good. Praying in prison, not when it's all bad, but praying in prison, resulting in the conversion of the jailer's whole household. Same chapter, dudes praying, people getting together, and the heart of Lydia was opened up. God, soften the heart of my, my spouse. Soften the heart of my children, Lord. Soften the heart of this church. How does it happen? Somebody prayed. This is cool. Same chapter, Acts 16. There's a lot of praying going on in that chapter. And there was a lot of things happening. Because on the way to prayer, 
They pray and cast out a demon. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and deliver somebody on the way to go pray and then say, won't you just come join us because we're on our way to prayer. Amen. That's what this thing looks like. Amen. That's what it's going to be like. In Acts 20, Paul praying and departing from a church that he had planted. Acts 22, praying and worship and receiving guidance for what's next for future ministry plans. Do it, Jesus. Acts 27, praying in a storm. In the last chapter, praying again for signs and wonders to unfold. Why would you say all this thing? I'm saying it because between every promise, there's prayer. Between every prize, there is a passionate heart of someone going after the Father. And when we go after him with one mind and one heart, we will see the presence of the Holy Spirit come. In Luke, I want our worship team to head up this way. As they come, I want to read this last verse to you that I have in our notes right now. Uh, This is so important. I want you to see this, and I I believe I've seen this in so many of you. Like praying, it happened last year. It's happened again this year. You know what praying more has shown me? I need to pray more. Not because I'm like so bad. That's why I used to pray. I am so bad. I need to pray more. Oh, but this helps me not be as bad as I was before that prayer. But he has shown me that when you pray, the promise is released. The presence of God comes. And our 21 days of prayer and going after God and fasting, I don't know about you, I got hungry. Turn that fast. I've I've eaten more bacon this week (laughs) than I probably should. One man should consume. It's just it's just the truth, man. I I, yeah, y'all pray, please pray. But I found something to be true. Praying and fasting, it made me hungrier for the things of God than it did for food. It made me hungrier for His presence, bacon, and that's good. And I want us to see what did it. What did it then? What's going to do it now? The same thing. And it's prayer. I saw something as I was preparing for this message that I had never seen before. I don't know how I missed it, but I missed it. In Luke chapter 3, verses 21, 22, it's where we see the recorded baptism of Jesus happen. And I had always read that story, seen that story, thought that story. I remember I had, like, when I was young, I had a coloring book with that story in it. And I remember the picture of John the Baptist and Jesus standing there, like, in the water, water dripping off, and, and, the, and a dove coming down. And I don't know if I just rushed through it, but I missed it. The baptism wasn't a thing that brought the Spirit. It was obedience, and I believe, again, it was part of that. Again, always walk in obedience to what God asks. It's huge, and we'll have a baptism coming up here soon that you need to sign up if you have not been baptized. If you know Jesus, you need to sign up for that, that today. It's that important. But I have missed it for so long. I thought that for so long, Jesus goes under the water and he comes up. 
And I remember reading the story and it being like I could almost just, just sense the power that was, it was being declared as the heavens opened up. And a voice from heaven coming and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well placed. Oh, man. But something else happened before that took place. And in Luke chapter 3, I just want to read verse 21. It says this, when all the people were baptized... And it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. The heaven was opened. Somebody said, you didn't miss it again, Pastor. <laughs> did you hear it? Did you, did you get it? Did you, did you catch it? When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, I want you to stand with me, please, if you would. And we're going to pray together. And while we pray, while he prays, while they prayed, the Spirit of God comes. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. I just, I sense the Holy Spirit here right now. Why? Because there's been prayer happening. There's been the worship of the Lord has been taking place. The word of God has been going forth. But I want you to see something. I said something in those three points. And I want to make sure we get it. And it is the importance of all. In that text, we saw this take place. Because of what Judas had, had done, he, his sin and failure Wages of sin being death for him. Him leaving the team, being no longer there. Those 11 didn't say this. Well, we got rid of the troubled guy. I'm glad he's gone. Now we can get serious about this thing. No, they said there was a void. Why? Because we need all. And we see this where they, they, they do the things they're called to do. And there was a, the 12th one appointed. And it's cool, like 10 days later, 12 times 10, you see 120 in the upper room there on that day gathered. And we're going to see something unfold here as we go through the book of Acts. Multiplication begins to take place. And you're going to see multitudes. And what started with 12 became thousands. And it changed the world and turned it upside down. And God said, I want to do it again. And it's going to happen when we pray. And we're in one accord with him. And I want to invite you to do what I do every week here. I want you to just take a moment, bow your heads, close your eyes if you would. Not to make you uncomfortable, but just to kind of remove any distractions. And I want you to say right now, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I want to give you time to just think about that. Do that for a moment. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me, Jesus? Yeah, what are you saying to me, God? I don't want you to do this. Wait on him. Not cross your arms, fold your arms and say, do it, God. But I want you to wait on him as a waiter, as we serve him. And if there's things he's asking, say, can you bring me this? Bring it to him this morning. He may be saying, give me your whole life and watch what I will do with that. He's in this room.
And I want to give an invitation right now to anyone who right now is like, man, I, I, I just, this is my first time, or, man, I, I don't even know this God you've been talking about. Listen, I want you to see how God works. He got you here for this moment to let you see that you're a part of the all, that you're valuable and you're needed in this moment. So I want our prayer team to begin to move first. And as they begin to come right now, if there's anyone who needs prayer for salvation, I want you to begin to move with them. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to pray, pray with you. I want you to move with them. Go to them right now. If you need salvation, this is your opportunity. Just begin to step out and move. Now, just begin to move. Now, I want to do this. If you need prayer for any other reason in your life, I want to invite you to come to this altar. Come to one of these prayer partners right now. Don't step back. So, if you, again, this is a big crowded room. There's a lot of needs here. If you need prayer for any reason this morning, whatever it may be, I want to invite you to just begin to move right now. Don't wait right now. I want you to come first because I'm about to open up the invitation to all, to all. Yeah, so people are responding right now. Just come. If you need salvation, you need prayer, you need anything to just begin to move right now. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. This is your day of salvation. Jesus loves you that much. He got you here today to hear that. Now I want to do this. I want to open up the invitation now for all. And this is what I invite you to come. For all who want all that he has. For all that want the promises that God wants to release in this place. So if this is your first time, you're a part of this family every week. Maybe you've been here a couple of times. This is your invitation. You're welcome. I want you. Listen, if you want all that God has for you, I want you right now to not wait, not hesitate. Just begin to come. And we all want to come together. We want to pray as the worship team begins to minister in song. And I want you to do this when you get here. I want you to just begin to pray. I want you, when you get here, just begin to call on the name of the Lord. When you get here, just say, God, I'm here. I want all that you have. Yeah, you can kneel, you can stand, wherever you feel best right now. Sit. Come on, I just want you, if that's you, you want all that God has. Lord, you want all that he has. You want the, you want the upper room. You want the full promise. You want the fullness of the promises of God. You want all that he has for you right now. Yeah, come. Come. Still feel there's some others that should respond today for salvation. Listen, maybe it's today, it's a time of recommitment. Maybe you know him, but you've walked away and you're like, man, I'm not worthy. Listen, Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you. Just come. This is a day to come home. Come on, it's a day to come home. Yeah. And as prayer's happening in this room right now, let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come. Move in our midst. And you have the opportunity today to just stay in the presence. And let's just go after the Lord together today as we seek Him and see that there is unity today in our prayer. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today. If you need prayer or a lot to support this ministry through giving, Stop by faithrenewed.org.